Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. North and South chapters 27 to 28. Now, um, I like the fact that this chapter is called Fruit Peace um, because um, really what at the heart of the chapter is that Thornton, facing the sting of the rejection from Margaret, hears from Dr Donaldson about the severity of Mrs Hale's illness. Um, he says to the doctor, I'm made of iron. Um, which reflects his sense of invincibility. Um, but when the doctor says that, that Mrs Hale um, craves for fruit, Thornton goes straight to the first fruit shop in Milton, chooses the bunch of purple grapes with the most delicate bloom, the richest coloured peaches, and packs them into a basket, and then takes the basket himself to the Hale's house. Now, he doesn't really say anything to Margaret. He doesn't acknowledge her. He gives him the basket and then he goes. Um, And Mrs Hale says, um, You won't like anything Mr Thornton does. I never saw anybody so prejudiced. This is probably the third or fourth time that she's been called prejudiced so far. Um, And so this floor of Margaret's is continually uh, drawn attention to. Um, But Margaret's uh, feeling the strain. It says her whole life just now was a strain upon her fortitude, and fortitude being strength. Um, And she goes around to to cry, um, but then she hears some terrible, terrible news. Um, And the visitor comes to say that Bessie Higgins is dead. And so we move into chapter 28, where she walks swiftly to the Higgins house and sees Bessie, who's now obviously free of pain. Um, And she's there when Nicholas himself finds out. Now, Nicholas has been going around sorting out things to do with the strike. um, And it is a a terrible moment when he realises that his daughter is dead. Now, um, Bessie's last words to Mary was um, to keep Higgins from drink. Uh, And of course, that's exactly what he wants to do. When he finds out his daughter's dead, he wants to go and and get completely drunk. And Margaret stands in the way of the door um, until finally he is awed by her severe calm. Um, And he's sort of wailing the fact that that Bessie has led the life of a dog. You know, it's been a life of suffering, a life of illness, and it's just, it's just not fair. Um, so Margaret um, basically suggests that he goes and takes tea with her father to get him out of the house, um, to give him some distraction and to give him some refreshment as well. Um, and what follows is a really touching scene where um, Higgins is sat with, Mr Hale and Mr Hale um, treats all his fellow creatures alike. He calls Nicholas Mr Higgins, he treats him as an equal um, and he listens to all of Higgins's sorrows and troubles and, and actually finds in Higgins that sense of intellectual keenness in that even though Higgins is completely uneducated working class man he's intelligent and sharp and the conversation they have is earnest Um, and it reminds us perhaps of his conversations with John Thornton equally a man of different social background but the sense of the keenness and the interest in what's going on and so Higgins talks a little bit about 
his lack of traditional faith. Um, and Margaret had kind of warned her father that he didn't have the same views as them, to which point Mr Hale thought he must be a drunk and an infidel. And of course was very pleasantly su- surprised when he actually meets Higgins and finds him this articulate, interesting character. Now, Higgins um, says, I just say, where's the proof? Um, Do you think that people's first cry in the morning is, what shall I do to get hold of eternal life? Or what shall I do to fill my purse this blessed day? The purse and the gold and the notes is real things, things that can be felt and touched. Them's realities. Eternal life is all a talk. Very fit for, I ask your pardon, sir. You're a parson out of work, I believe. So what's interesting here is is Nicholas says, you know, it's not that he doesn't believe, but just that the more everyday realities of money and survival is all he can think about. And he argues that all many wealthy people think about as well, no matter what they say they actually believe. He says, I do not believe in any other life than this. Um but he does believe that there is a God. So in that sense, Mr Hale is extremely relieved to find out that, you know, he's not actually an infidel after all. But he pours out his soul really to them and he talks a lot about the fact that the strikes failed and the impact that's had on him as well. Um, And they listen to him talking about the fact that the workman's calculations were based on false premises um, and the problem now that they they don't know what to do next um and mr hale says that there's some basics about capitalist trade that perhaps they need to understand um and higgins says that he was lent a book about it by some kind of officious person um and he says i dare say there's truth in yon latin book on your shelves but it's gibberish and not truth to me unless i knew the meaning of the words and he couldn't um understand this book about about trade mr hale says i wish some of the kindest and wisest of the masters would meet some of you men and have a good talk on these things it would surely be the best way of getting over your difficulties on subjects which it is for the mutual interest of both masters and men and this of course is the main theme of the novel that for Mr Hale and Margaret, outsiders, they can't understand why the masses of men don't just get on and talk more and have mutual interests at heart. Um, and when um, Mr Thornton is mentioned, Higgins said, it's a word and a blow with Thornton. Um, basically, he has, um, he has something against Thornton, which is that Thornton doesn't press charges against the rioters. And actually Higgins wishes that he did because in Higgins's mind, because he wants the union to be strong and he also wants the men to get a very strong message that violence is not acceptable, he wants Thornton to press charges and so that they have all the punishment that they deserve. However, Thornton says they're going to have a natural punishment because of the difficulty they will meet in getting employment and because they won't be able to find work um, you know, he says that's punishment enough and I'm not going to press charges for them. And Margaret says that this is right because anything more would be something like revenge. Um, but um, Higgins says, you're not wonder if I'm a bit put out with seeing it fail just for a few men who would not suffer in silence and who doubt brave and firm. And at this point, 
This is where Nicholas explains a little bit more about the union to them and the consequences for someone if they don't join the union or stick with the union. If a man doesn't belong to the union, them as works next looms has orders not to speak to him. And then Margaret says, what tyranny this is. And you talk of the tyranny of the masters. Um, And Higgins says, our only chance is binding men together in one common interest. And Mr Hale says, your union would be Christianity if it were but for one end which affected the good of all instead of that of merely one class as opposed to another. And so they point out that in basically becoming... Um, out for their own class, the union has become just as bad as the masters in oppressing others. Now, I think the ending of this chapter is very touching because it's late at night. Higgins is about to go, but Mr. Hale says, will you stay and join us for family prayer? And so it says, Margaret the churchwoman, her father the dissenter, and Higgins the infidel knelt down together. It did them no harm. And so there's this picture of unity. These three people who believe different things can still overcome their differences in that basic faith um, and basic humanity that they share. And that is really at the heart of Gaskell's novel. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests, so if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.